Welcome to the latest Buff Zone podcast. I'm Brian Howell. I'm pleased to be joined once again by my colleague, Pat Rooney. And Pat, how are you? Good, Brian. How are you? I'm good. I'm ready to uh, see a football game rather than uh, talk about a football game or a football team. So, The one thing that's both, uh, I think, maddening and exciting at the same time about football is it's even in between games, it's so much analysis and prep and talking and writing. Uh, and then you finally get the game day and it's uh, almost like a reward. So definitely excited to get things rolling this week down at TCU. Well, and especially for this team, because we've talked for nine months about how we don't know what to expect with this team because it's hard to project. So <laughs> let's just see him play. So we can finally figure it out, but we're, we're going to uh, preview not only uh, this weekend's game against TCU, but also just kind of the season as well. Um, obviously, they open things up on Saturday in Fort Worth at Amon G. Carter Stadium down there um, against number seven TCU. Last year's, uh, you know, they're in the national championship game. They were the runner-up. Now they weren't they weren't very close to that national championship because they lost sixty-five to seven to Georgia, but they were in the game. So give TCU credit for that. And uh, this will be obviously. Um, you know, Coach Prime's coming out, uh, party with, with CU and Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter, all this. I mean, I'm not sure there's ever been a more anticipated opener in CU history, has there? I mean, we haven't covered all of it, but I mean, I can't imagine there's been a more I anticipated. Was, I was a senior in high school and they won the championship and then uh, a freshman in college the, the next year. Had I gone to Colorado, I imagine that, that following fall had to be pretty exciting, but certainly in my time out in Colorado and uh you know it's been a good 20 plus years now I don't you know I can't think of it even uh during the uh early 2000s when you know there were some good seasons under Gary Barnett there was nothing like this as far as the anticipation and the excitement surrounding the program certainly the national attention that Deion Sanders has brought to Boulder it's still amazing how much of a spotlight they've gained this offseason <laughs> considering those a a one and eleven team and a bad one and eleven team at that last year, uh, so it's been you know pretty crazy to watch and, and and certainly going to be exciting to see how things play out on, on Saturday. Yeah, so obviously we knew when Coach Prime was hired back in December, we knew it was you know it was a transformational hire. But do you think either of us anticipated it being like this? Like I didn't I didn't think the impact off the field would be as huge as it's been. Yeah, I I know I, I don't know I don't know I don't I didn't think about that much at the time I didn't remember I don't remember saying to myself one way or the other how this might go over the next ten months, um, but certainly is a magnetic personality. I mean, you watch any of his videos, you know. I I I, I recently got around to rewatching the uh, the thirty for thirty with uh, him playing baseball and football in the same day, and he's just a, such an engaging personality. So I don't know if I saw this coming but i'm not surprised that it did um you know one way or the other he generates news he, he, he's an engaging personality he's a leader uh of, of these young men and uh you know he said it from the get-go you know as far as the roster turnover you know he pretty much said when he walked in the building that this was going to happen so uh you know certainly not surprised with that aspect and how that played out, uh, you know, especially in the spring and after the spring game and, and how things played out after that. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I saw this coming, but I'm, I'm certainly not surprised that it happened. 
Yeah, I remember talking to you know Rick George, the athletic director, uh, in the spring and asked him that question, and he and I were of the same mind of like we knew it was going to be it was going to change things, but you know neither of us probably expected it to be to this impact. I mean, I knew that ticket sales would be higher and merchandise sales would be higher and all that stuff, but like to the levels it's gone has been uh, pretty insane to be honest with you. I mean, it's I can't believe that one man has has done what he has done um, just to bring attention and revenue to a university in just a nine month period. It's kind of insane. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I have written about this in, in a few columns along the way. It's, it's amazing that you can say that an athletic director hit a home run with a coach hire, uh, and, and without that coach having even coached a game, I mean, sometimes like, Oh, they, you know, great hire slam dunk hire home run hire, but nothing like this, uh, nothing that's, transformed the attention around the team has, has generated revenue around the team and has been for an offseason the complete opposite of the kind of program it was last year and really for much of the last 15 or 18 years or so uh so it's amazing that it's happened you know credit that they went out and and, and, and got the unstandard and sanders and persuaded him that this was a job that he would be able to you know, kind of oversee and, and have the keys turned over to him out here in Boulder. So now it's just a matter of seeing how it plays out on the field. Yeah, and to your point uh, a little bit ago, um, he kind of told us what was going to happen. I mean, frankly, everything he said as far as building this football team has actually happened. That's what he's done. And he even actually mentioned it the other day that, you know, they put a blueprint out, um, you know, for Rick George when he got hired and, and said, this is what I want to do. And he goes, I've never deviated from that plan. And really – when you watch it, he hasn't. I mean, so you have to give him a lot of credit that, you know, he said it from the start, I'm going to do this, and then he's gone out and done that, right? Exactly. And I, I wrote a column about this at the time with the roster turnover. You know, there was a faction of criticism leveled his way for the way a lot of that was handled. And I understand it. It's it's a cold business, but you know what? It has turned into big business. College football has uh, and this, unfortunately, is the way big boy football is played now. And if Colorado wants to get back to playing big boy football, this is the kind of stuff that happened, has to happen. They were 1-11 last year. Uh, and, you know, like I, I, I said earlier, it wasn't just that they were 1-11. They, they managed to go 1-11 and, and you know, I, something I've said a few times, they went 1-11 and even looked worse than that, if that's even possible. <laughs> they weren't really in any games except the one game they won against Cal. In the uh, Arizona, so, Arizona State, they got in it late. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but other than that, it was blowout after blowout. And a lot of times, not even looking functional. I mean, fumbling the ball multiple times at the opening of games. And it just, I mean, it didn't look like they even knew what they were doing out there at times. And I'm not trying to disparage the young men that were in that program. But it, it, if you want to compete for, for championships, that roster wasn't going to happen. I'm sorry. And, you know, maybe, you know, position by position, did they necessarily improve at every spot? I don't know. We'll find out this Saturday and, and, and going forward from there. Uh, but you can't discredit the amount of talent overall that has been brought into this program since Deion Sanders took over. And, you know, something I wrote in the preview column, I expect that to continue. You know, I don't, I don't know that they make a bowl game this year, but I don't see why the talent influx 
would change or even, you know, kind of dry up. If anything, you know, if they have even a decent season, that'll continue to propel forward. So, uh, you know, a lot of excitement um, and to see, you know, like I said, that, that roster turnover is one thing I haven't criticized him about. And if, if, if you want to compete in major college football, stuff like that's going to happen. You know, a lot of things have changed in the players' favor in the last few years, and, and I'm on board with all of it. Um, but unfortunately, this is maybe uh, an unintended consequence of that as well. Yeah. You know, and you speak of that, yeah, that roster change. And, you know, if you really go through it position by position, um, it's fairly impressive. You look at quarterback, they're obviously better because they couldn't be worse. I mean, they've had horrible quarterbacking uh, quarterback play the last two years. Shador Sanders, I would imagine, is going to be much better than JT Shroud and Brendan Lewis and 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 that crew. Um, you know, running back, last year at times you had Charlie Offerdahl and Anthony Hankerson starting. Well, I would put those guys, you know, probably third, fourth best uh, on the depth chart. Charlie Offerdahl is probably fifth or sixth, and he was uh, maybe the second or third best option last year. So that room is better. Receiver, uh, you know, I think Jordan Tyson was a fantastic player. Montana Lamonius Craig was was very good, but I haven't seen any receiver like Travis Hunter at Colorado in a very long time. So um, you just start there, and then Jimmy Horn and, and uh, Xavier Weaver. So uh, I think the skill positions, uh, then go on defense, same thing, right? I can go through it all, but skill position-wise, I think they're dramatically better than they were last year. My only uh, question mark is what do they look like in the trenches? And I think that's a huge question mark. But that's my biggest question mark going in. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100 um, percent. You know, like I said, what, what I guess you go position by position. When, when I said that, I was in my head referring to the line because the, the, the interior lines on both sides could because I completely agree with you. No question. They are much better at, at every skill position. I'm still worried if Shadur Sanders goes down at all or gets dinged up. What happens there? But uh, hopefully for the buffs, they don't have to find that out. Um I, I agree with you. Uh, the, the question is up front on both sides of the ball for me. You know, can they protect protect Shadur Sanders? And I'm almost a little alarmed at how often Deion Sanders has brought that up in press conferences without really necessarily always being asked about it. It makes me feel like that's it's, it's kind of a concern, something that's, you know, on the forefront of his mind. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, they'll get a good test with that just, you know, on, on Saturday this week. So, uh, and I agree on the defensive side as well. Um, skill positions, the secondary, much improved back there. A lot of talent's been brought in, but uh, wondering what that's going to look like up front and how well they'll be able to stop opposing running games. You know, TCU kind of shredded them, especially in the second half last year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when uh, the Broncos signed Peyton Manning. And John Elway was asked, well, what's plan B? And he said, we don't have a plan B. Yeah, that, yeah. That's sort of Colorado right now at quarterback, right? <laughs> it's yeah. what happens if, you know, what's what's plan B if Shiro Sanders goes down? Well, we don't have a plan B. <laughs> just just hope he doesn't get hurt. You know, and, and if he's yeah. if he's healthy, I think this team could be, can surprise a lot of people, honestly. Well, I think they're going to score points. I think we both agree on that, um, you know, depending on the line play and and how well they perform uh, but regardless you know we, we've talked about it that there's going to be big play ability at the running back spots at the receiver spots and, and you know what i'm i'm one of the things i'm looking forward to is just how they utilize that talent on saturday where are they going to line guys up in spread formations 
Uh, same with the running backs, who gets the first shot. Someone like Dylan Edwards, you know, we've heard about him maybe seeing more time split out in the slot a little bit and, and returning kicks as well. So uh, looking forward to, you know, if I, one thing I'm certainly looking forward to is seeing how a lot of these skill position players are uh, deployed on Saturday. Yeah, and speaking of that, you know, I I would imagine just watching all the videos through camp that Dylan Edwards might get that start at running back with, I mean, Alton McCaskill, I know, was the guy they brought in to be the guy, but he's been in the yellow non-contact jersey all camp, uh, and Edwards is the one that shows up every single day. I'm curious if he gets that start. So, um, And I was looking through the game notes, the last true freshman to start at running back uh, for Colorado, and uh, I think in the season opener, or maybe it was any game, was 1991. So um, it, it's been a long time, but I think Dylan Edwards could be in that spot on Saturday. But, uh, Pat, I think going forward, you know, with this team, I think you and I are probably in agreement that Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter are the guys we're most looking forward to seeing play. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. Okay. So let's take those two out of the equation and want to ask you offensively outside of those two, who are you most looking forward to watching play either this Saturday or, or just this season in general? Yeah, probably Dylan Edwards. Um, intrigued by his talent, uh, intrigued by his versatility, you know, like I just mentioned him. Uh, they've talked about getting him involved in the passing game. They've gotten, they've talked about getting him involved in the return game. Obviously, Deion Sanders, one of the best all-time kick returners in, in pro football history. Uh, and, and looking forward to seeing maybe what Dylan Edwards or some of these other athletes, if they get a shot at it, but seeing what he can do uh, in that aspect. So if it's not Travis Hunter or Shadur Sanders, that's probably the guy I'm, I'm going with. Yeah, I'm going to stay at the same position and go Alton McCaskill when he gets healthy because he's a big running back, uh, showed a lot of promise at that that first year at Houston, then injured last year. I'm excited. I love running backs. That's always been my favorite position, but I'm excited to see what he can do uh, leading that group. I think he'll lead that group when he's healthy, but um, I think that run game is going to be really fun to watch. I mean, with him and Edwards and uh, Cavossier Smoke and um, Anthony Hankerson and uh, you know you have – you know, Savion Wilkerson, obviously, who rushed for 1,100 yards at Jackson State last year, and then Charlie Offered all that. I think that group's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely. And they've, uh, getting back to how they use these guys, um, also, obviously, it sounds like Alton McCaskill is really not going to be in the mix for, for maybe a couple weeks here. But um, and with everyone else, and, you know, obviously, when he starts getting healthy, I mean, they've talked about not necessarily wanting a a big committee at running back, you know, kind of sticking with a couple guys. So it's going to be interesting to see who gets the first shots. And then, you know, depending how effective they are, how quickly it happens until someone else gets a shot and then going kind of game from game from there, you know, would it be the same if, if it's a rough week this week, will it be the same guys that get the shot next week? Um, I think that's going to be interesting to watch. You can kind of say the same thing about the receiver spots as well. Um, and I think that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, not just on Saturday, but going forward these next, you know, first few weeks of the season. Yeah. So flipping over to defense, is there any player that you're most looking forward to seeing? Maybe not anyone in particular. I'm looking forward to watching the secondary at work. I want to see who they kind of line up across. If it's Stoutmeyer, maybe across from Travis Hunter, um, because you have to wonder, you know, maybe Travis Hunter still has to prove himself at this level, but you also have to wonder if, that side, you know, the away from Travis Hunter is going to be picked on a little bit more, especially early. 
Uh, so looking to see that and, and kind of the safety spots as well. I, you know, Trevor Woods, I always thought he was fun to watch even last year. So he's not a new guy, maybe looking forward to watch, but I've always enjoyed watching him play. And uh, I think he's going to get a shot. Obviously, it sounds like he's going to get a shot in the mix uh, with the new look secondary as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that secondary as well, but I'm going to go linebacker there because I think that group is very intriguing with they don't have a ton of experience as far as starts, but I think there's a lot of talent there. And, you know, I, I love Levanta Bentley's potential there coming from Clemson. He was highly productive um, in the snaps that he played. Uh, you know, Des Moines Kennedy's got a ton of speed. Marvin Ham has won a starting job. We've seen him at Colorado the last several years and really not be a guy that's been in the mix. So he's apparently had a phenomenal offseason and made himself better. So I'm looking forward to seeing a new look Marvin Ham. And then you have like, uh, uh, you know, I'm blanking on his name. The the kid from Jackson State that came here, Jeremiah Brown. Um, you know, guys like that that are experienced, but maybe not in that starting role. But that rotation is going to be a lot of fun to watch at linebacker because I think they got a lot of good players. And then you had Jawan Mitchell, the kid that was just dismissed from ASU, highly productive at Texas and Tennessee. So that group's could be could be pretty interesting, I think, and they're going to be huge because they got to stop the run. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of another group, especially with the addition of Jawan Mitchell, as you just mentioned, that uh, has a lot of, uh, look, seems like a group that has a lot of different pieces uh, to work with. So maybe another group going to be interesting how they line up on Saturday and depending on performance, how that evolves in the coming weeks, uh, because it's going to keep getting more fun after this, uh, you know, with, with uh, Nebraska and Colorado State coming up at home. Well, let's go with our record predictions for this season. And I know you you did it in your column uh, preview in the season in our in our section, but uh, let's talk about our record predictions. What do you got for the Buffs this year? Yeah, I had mine out there. Obviously, I went with four and eight. I I I'll, I'll say I kind of hemmed and hawed between five and seven and four and eight. Um, you know, I still kind of you know kind of looking at it and breaking it down. I I, I tend to kind of do clusters of games then a game by game deal because you just, you never know what teams are going to look like come late October, November, but I, I, you know, I still kind of like CU's chances in the home games uh, coming up against Nebraska and Colorado state Stanford, obviously at home, Uh, the Arizona's you feel like there's at least a a win or maybe two there, you know, after that it gets a little tough. And then obviously Nebraska, I don't think is necessarily a gimme at home as well. It, it could be, you know, going down to an overtime field goal like it did here a few years ago. So uh, four and eight, you know, I think they're going to be more fun to watch for sure. You know, we're not going to be watching 44 to 10 games every week. Uh, I think they're going to score points. Getting back to what we were talking about earlier, I, I just, I'm not, un- until I see it, I'm not convinced uh, they're going to be good enough up front on either side of the ball uh, to, to to be a bowl team this year. Uh, I think they're going to be fun to watch. I think a real foundation is going to be laid for, for next season, and I talked about this in the column as well, you know, but I think they're, they're really a year away from, you know, maybe really competing for a, 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 a top of the conference spots. But uh, I went with four and eight. I felt like more really needed to fall into place for, for five and seven to happen. Uh, obviously, the backup quarterback, as we mentioned, is, is a concern. And, you know, the buffs certainly crossing their fingers that that, that doesn't come into play. But, uh, you know, all it takes is one big hit and um, you got to turn to someone and, and, and see if they respond. So even if it's just within one game. 
so I went with four and eight and, um, but I feel like a foundation is going to be laid for, you know, what could turn out to, you don't want to talk about next year yet, but I, I think this is a, you know, I know it's the theme of 2016 that, uh, you know, the, the rise is real, but I think that's more apt for what we're going to see now. And I think that's going to be, uh, you know, next year is kind of be the season that this coaching staff is, is really kind of driving toward. Yeah. Really. When you look at the rise, it was real, but it was also set up for a fall because all the key players were going to be leaving after that year. <laughs> Whereas uh, that's not the case uh, here in that a lot of these key players can be back next year uh, to your point. So, um, you know, I, I've been, between you know four and six to seven ish wins with this team, not knowing where is this team actually going to fall. I don't know how good they're going to be. I feel confident that they're going to be better than the the over under in Vegas, which is three and a half. Um, I just think that if you have a healthy Shadour Sanders, which you do right now, he's not going to win only three football games. I think he's going to win more than that. But um, and you know me because I often drink the Kool Aid this time of year, and you know you're around one team and it's hard not to kind of feel what they're telling you. And, and uh, maybe I'm guilty of that, but I'm going to be optimistic, Pat, and I'm going to say six and six. I think they get to that bowl game and I have no idea where they're going to get those six wins, but I just think this team is going to be better. And that the intangibles with the confidence and swagger that they have is going to pay off with one extra win somewhere. And I think that Shadur Sanders gets them, two extra wins somewhere and having Travis Hunter is going to be impactful for another win here or there. So um, I think this team goes six and six and gets to a bowl game, but I still think next year is the big year for this program. But I think this year could be a bowl team. See, I could see them losing to Nebraska. Don't at me people. I, uh, I actually in the comms said, I, I like their, I like the chance. I think they will be two and one after three games, but then Nebraska is certainly not, a gimme. However, if this team keeps improving week to week, you know, I don't know by early November, they might be able to pick off an Oregon state at home. Um, and certainly Arizona at home the next week. Um, you know, you look at Stanford as a win a couple weeks before that. So, um, you know, I think a lot hinges on those two rivalry games at home for this team to be able to, to make the sort of run you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I think, the bedrock for that really has to be set. You know, I don't think you can lose a Nebraska game and make the kind of run that you're talking about. Only I think you can't, can, yeah, I think, you, yeah. I think you can lose Nebraska and still come up with four wins. I'm not sure you can lose Nebraska and come up with six. The only way you could you can do that is if they get TCU. I mean, you have to be. I think to your point, you well, have to be. Is, you have to be two and one coming out of non-conference if you're going to get to six wins. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that two and one is, you've got to be two and one. I I think they can. I think they can get Nebraska, CSU, the Arizona schools, Stanford. I think that's five right there, and then they pick off somebody somewhere and get that six. But um, let's let's shift to this week because you know they obviously play here in a couple of days at TCU. Let's talk about that one briefly. How do you see that one going? Yeah, hard to tell, right? I'm not really gonna have a chance to. Uh having had a chance to see the, you know, the team really in action during the preseason and so many new faces as we've talked about, but I, obviously I've been th- thinking about it. I do think the bus will, will, will score points. You know, I think our, uh, hopefully our predictions that we we're doing at the end of last year that we're in the uh, 40 to seven range are a thing of the past, but uh, I think TCU comes out ahead. 
Uh, I think it'll be an entertaining game, but I'm thinking something along the lines of 38-28. Okay. I'm around the same range as you. I, I think TCU is going to win this game, but I think CU uh, is right in it, and it's going to be an entertaining football game. I've got a closer one than you, but um, I got TCU 31-28. to I think I think the Buffs will you know, show well, and I think that's a great start. You know, I don't think CU needs to win this game to show out well um, in Deion Sanders' opener. If they did, it would be phenomenal. But I think if they go down to TCU, the number 17 team in the country coming off of being in the title game, and uh, they're within 10 points like your prediction or three like mine, that's a pretty good uh, opener for the Deion Sanders. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I, I don't think this is necessarily a game to uh, – uh you know, a, a, a measuring stick game necessarily a gauge of them for the whole season. You know, this is going to be a tough draw. It's going to be a tough assignment going down there to that stadium and uh, uh, performing well. But, you know, to your point, absolutely. You know, if they, if, if it's a competitive game, you know, I think it'll be a competitive game. I think TCU will kind of prevail in the end. Um, but, you know, you go down there and, and, and you play well and you show that you're not intimidated and you kind of show that this is a much different CU team than the one we saw, you know, limping its way to the finish line last year. I think that bodes really well going forward, especially with these rivalry games coming up. Yeah. Well, you and I will both be down there. Uh, should we get some barbecue while we're there? Definitely, man. My stomach's growling as we speak here. So, <laughs> Well, I will see you down in, uh, in Fort Worth and, um, you know, I, Let's just be done talking. Let's just get uh, to a football game, huh? Sounds good to me. Let's you and I not talk another sentence to each other until I see you in Texas. <laughs> Sounds good. Pat, thanks for joining me. And, uh, you know, Buff fans, we'll look forward to this season. It'll be a lot of fun. Thanks, everyone, for listening.